Hello, folks. Welcome to Beyond This Earth. This is Nova Hollaback. That's Hollaback. I'm just going to keep this short because we're going to talk about something. And we're actually going to keep a couple of things short. Because we have to talk about different realities. And what happens when a state becomes the pimp. That's in the next segment. But I want to talk about a thing that people need to learn. And I just don't want this to be forgotten or what have you. A lot of things are decaying. You go look at the news today and you see the infuriating things that you're seeing today. We just had a mother that convinced people that their eight-year-old child, a male child, hurt or was involved in the murder of his siblings, an eight-year-old child. When they found out the truth, it was the mother that actually did that. It wasn't a child because the child has a disability. But they found out it was the mother. And she was tired of a lot of stuff. You begin to see a lot of the problems you're seeing. In other particular news concerning the entertainment industry, we're now are beginning to see the issues concerning with Disney and Frozen. It's going to make a million dollars, but nowhere near the same type of impact that the first movie did. Nowhere close. Ironically, you're beginning to see a lot of the things about China. Do we really need China? All the rest of these things. They're starting to ask questions about this particular movie, about certain movies. And they're, they're, they're getting the wrong answers because they are meant to get the wrong answers because they refuse to go beyond their bubble. Here's a question that you need to ask yourself since we're talking, since this focuses on new realities and different realities and different ways of thinking. You're in the children's industry. What is the most, one of the most popular uh, animated television shows for children right now in the world? If I told you it was Curious George, you wouldn't believe me, right? Well, if you look at the ratings that you see there, it is one of the top rated shows on the on television all across the planet. This is owned by Comcast. And it's absolutely fascinating how this thing goes around. And nobody really understands what that truly means to have a successful worldwide show 
that every single child, if you saw a give gave them a toy, that you showed them the main character, everybody would recognize the character. But of course, everybody remembers the books. And the books were based in the 1930s. I did, I believe, but I, I'm not too too sure about that. I, I forget it this particular time, so please forgive me. But the books were out there. How is it so hard? And I, why is it not surprising that Comcast just makes money on this show and nobody know and nobody knows how they make their money? Nobody knows. Partly the reason why. They feel as though they can make a killing. They can make a killing with the Trolls franchise right now. A lot of these smaller television shows they made for children that are owned by the larger companies are going to make them a heck of a lot of money. People don't understand this. You are just think you're living. You're living. You're living a lie. And y'all going to continue to live the lie. And a lot of these companies are using these particular entities in order to stop anime in, in particular because they have something to sell. They have something else to sell to you. But I'm here to tell you, they don't need to do all that. They make more, a lot more money on Curious George than people ever realize. Off of a licensing fee. There's another thing that I'm going to mention, and this is related to all the rest of these things. YouTube recently had an interview with, I mean, 60 Minutes had an interview with the uh, maker of YouTube, with the owner of YouTube. It was the most fucked interview I've ever heard. Beyond fucked. And you can see the machinations of how big YouTube has become, and you can see the devastation that is about to take place in the next couple of weeks and months. I will let y'all guys know that on the 20th of January, the YouTube that we're seeing now is not going to be the YouTube that we will see on the on January 20th when I come back. When I come back after the break on, on after the break, because we're off on the 20, we're off on the 14th. It will not be the same. And you know why it's not going to be the same? The three changes that are happening with the Copa laws and all the rest of these things. But I'm need, but let us with the Copa law and then. Um. The new terms of service, and then the things with the politics and whatnot, and all these other things. You have to realize, I said this earlier, YouTube is becoming a version of Netflix. And YouTube is being positioned themselves, or positioning themselves as the Netflix for the streaming services for people that cannot pay for those streaming services. That is what they're setting themselves up for. They are not here to find the next big star. They've already found their stars. And it's the same people that their particular workers are complaining against. 
and same workers. But here's something that people are not recognizing, and there's something connected to Mr. Rogers in a, in a certain sense. We have a situation in PBS, and this is somewhat connected to Sesame Street and the whole thing with YouTube and whatnot. We have a certain situation that happened with NET that's happening with YouTube. NET, if you haven't heard, was the precursor to PBS. WNET is the New York firm, is the New York State station that was one of the workhorses outside of WGBH in Boston that was pretty much the workhorses for, workhorses for NET and later PBS, even though PBS owns the net light, net concept, or the net IP. So the early episodes of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood have the net branding on it up until 1970 and 1971. So a lot of the times when they do the re-recordings of some of the 1968 episodes that they later stopped in the early 19... 90s i believe you usually have the house and they stopped the house there and it was the net symbol instead of that they just didn't do the net symbol they just showed the regular house when they started to move into the public television public uh, pbs into that setup there but net still continued until at least 1973 1974 1975 when WNIT decided to go into their own regular um setup there for um for their st for their uh station. Well, what happened was is that first off, NET was a similar thing to what YouTube is now. They didn't do YouTube poops or, or all these other things, all all of these other things, but. They had a lot of connections with Broadway, and they had a lot of connections with the um, media empires at that particular time. So the things that they couldn't do on the broadcast networks because they were considered to be too leftist, too liberal, that sort of thing, they could put it on NET. But this caused a lot of consternation with some of the southern educational systems, especially with a lot of the things concerning poverty and racism. What they did was they did a feasibility study in 1967, if I recall, and that feasibility study said that the corporation of public tele of public broadcasting needs to be set up in order for the thing to survive. In other places around the world, especially with NHK, BBC, and all the others, you have to pay a licensing fee for every single television that is bought. You have to pay a licensing fee every year. Sometimes it's in the hundreds of hundreds of dollars for this licensing fee in order to keep something like an NHK world or all those other things alive. So, and what we're seeing here is a similar thing as what's happening to YouTube. YouTube is, is using all these corporate things and whatnot as a way to have some sort of government regulation similar to what happened with the Ford Foundation, Carney Foundation, with their large sums of money that still had some sort of power concerning these things, they were confused on whether this this was the main argument 
for pretty much what was the end of NET. This was the main argument. The main argument was, why should the rich subsidize the public square of this television enterprise? This should go into the American people's hands and into the government. Well, here's the issue. C-SPAN has done, C-SPAN is like NET, or aspects of C-SPAN is like NET. And the cable stations, Comcast in particular, did not create a did not create a separate corporation in particular to create this thing. It was by the cable stations and the government said, okay. And they allowed C-SPAN 1, 2, and 3 to air in a similar way that NET was. NET was. But what happened now is that the thing that causes the problem is the PBS with the day with the problem with PBS in particular is not so much the way they handle their pledge drives because I know they need to use the pledge drives, but the pledge drives can only succeed for so long. And in, in the case of Sesame Street, which is her own separate corporation, interestingly enough, it can only survive for a certain amount of time before they run out of cash. You see, so you have all these major, all these major um, um, comp families and all these other things that support the public broadcasting service. When it was back in the day, one or two, and they got their money from those one and two, so they just did it free based in certain ways. And their other philanthropical enter enterprises help fund NET. You now have a situation where a form like a Patreon or a Ko-Fi or a Gumroad was set up back in the 1960s concerning these particular things with CTP, the public broadcasting, the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, and they set up for the in particulars concerning how they were going to handle the money. The local stations could still do advertisements, but the national side of the public pro corporation of public broadcasting said you also has to do um, the other things as well concerning um, um, pledge drives. Pledge drives can only succeed for so long. And what has happened in the last five years, especially with these pledge drives, especially with all of the things that Paula Kerger has lost, she lost Sesame Street, and she lost KPBS, a station that was there for 40 years and was part of the major reasons. Remember, PBS had a television station in LA that was named after the public of PBS before CBS changed their 
KNST to KCBS in 82. This station, the Los Angeles station they had for those 40 years was the most important station outside of the New York and the Boston station because they could get the Hollywood people in there. When they couldn't get, when they don't have Los Angeles, you don't have anything else. And the connections they have in Hollywood, you don't have anything else. Sesame Street was going to go into the hands of HBO and Tom Warner and now, well now Warner Media and AT&T after they lost KPBS. And Paul in Kerr's reign as the public broadcasting leader, she's lost that station. She's lost for nine months at a time, Sesame Street, a majority of a lot of her programming concerning with the Washington Week setup, McGrawkin Group, and all the other ones have been cut from one hour to thirty minutes. One of the financial enti- uh, one of the financial uh, um, Wall Street Report, I think it was called, nightly news report, is run by Comcast. She has lost a lot of things there, and then you have to have to understand that. If it wasn't for the kids' franchises, Mrs. Kerger would have been gone. And the backing of the and the backing of what's his name? Uh Ken Burns. Paula Kerger would have been gone a long time ago. What we're now seeing is a similar thing that's happening in YouTube. YouTube have all these educational channels and have other particular things that are connected to the educational business. And a lot of them are going to get hurt by this COPA law because they have hundreds of thousands of hours of content there there may be aimed for kids, and they say they might be aimed for kids, but some of them are not necessarily aimed for kids, but are educational. The big mistake PBS made in the 1980s. The big mistake was that their kids' business, they said that they weren't going to do the things that going to push their kids' um, projects forward. Ghost Rider and a lot of the other things that we're doing there were fantastic for that particular time period. But that I and I mean that particular time period, and a lot of the other shows that we're doing were 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 were, were pushing a lot of things there. But they did not want to do the right thing and try and get older audiences into the thing. It was a humongous, it is a great, great disaster. Now, that does not mean that the preschoolers can't watch Sesame Street or whatnot, but they needed to get older viewers. And now you're seeing that disaster come to fore because. Now we're out the older viewers. 
And now you're seeing it with this whole thing on YouTube, you see, and a whole thing with the astroturfing against anime and whatnot. You're now beginning to see a lot of the tragedies that prevent a lot of the better shows in Japan and elsewhere from coming into the States because there is a perception that all anime is sexualized. And that is not true. And that perception is delaying or denying shows from NHK from coming into the United States. They are preventing shows like the Nets Movement franchise to come into the United States. And in 2020, when they tried to hamper down and calm everybody down and all the rest of these things and say, look, we need a little help, NHK. Come on now, give us a little love. Is NHK, NHK's in trouble too? They don't want to pay the fees. Same thing with the BBC, CBEC. They don't want to pay the fees. We're in the same situation concerning YouTube right now. Not just with the educational content for children, but the educational content for adults. They're being hampered as well. And it is a dangerous time. Especially a lot of it dealing with politics. If there was, if net was allowed to continue. And there are articles way back where did they explain how PBS was the wrong way to go? If NET still existed today, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the things that PBS later suffers from would have not existed in NET. In fact, NET would have made a lot of things more honest in the industry because the corporations were allowed to have to be entertained. There would have never have been an EI law that would the educational tele, television children educational act of two of 1990 would have never have taken place because there was a national educational service television service that had children's educational programming on that particular network, the same way that every other country has a similar educational service for children in that one particular network. And that would have never have denied any of the other television corporations from doing similar things. In fact, it would have increased. It wouldn't have done any of those things. What PBS did, unfortunately there was a part of the similar thing that happened in 1971 with CBS. It got rid of the rural connections to the industry. And the similar thing happened. They moved from everywhere else. They had something like heritage, which they talked about religion and all these other things. They got rid of all those programs and they changed aspects of Black Journal where it became a very successful. Let's not get it twisted. 
And let's not get it fair, but a lot of the episodes of Black Journal, especially the 92 version when it became Tony, uh, Tony Brown's journal later on, and then when it had those, a lot of those episodes are missing. A lot of those episodes are gone. Those episodes, especially in that era, and a lot of the Dick Cavett episodes when he went into public broadcasting, a lot of those episodes are missing. PBS went to become and try to be a version of HPL. When it wasn't supposed to be that way. It tried. There are certain episodes of Sesame Street. They don't even air. And a lot of them came from the 1970s. But they're poignant today. I just want you to think about that. If they can't air anything from the 1970s back in those days. How is it possible to YouTube go and survive now with all the changes going to happen if they have already done this back in the 1960s and 70s with NET and the rest of them? Think about that deeply, folks. There's a lot of things you they can't you cannot explain, and you're gonna have to figure that one out, folks. We'll be back with more right after this on Beyond This Earth. Hello, folks. I want to talk about a couple of things that uh, some people need to discuss. <laughs> Simple question for all of you. Uh, and I'm just going to keep this a little bit easy for you to understand. You have a daughter. Some of you may have daughters. Some of you may be playing for a family and all the rest of these things. Have you ever even considered the fact that a state, your state, doesn't matter which state, wants to turn your daughter into a prostitute in order to keep appearances of a stable society alive? There have been stories all over the world uh, most recently in 2016, I believe, with Cole No Oto, I'm not sure, this anime, or there has been a couple of others, say, like, um, why The Last Man, I think they had a story about, um, your one's given a wife, that sort of thing, um, and the Roman Empire. And this one may have been one of the causes for the end of the Roman Empire, in my honest opinion. Started this whole thing that bachelors needed to find a wife in order for that particular um, wife to, you know, be together and uh, in order for the person to be a part of that society. 
I want everyone to think about this real deeply, and I just want people to recognize it for what it is. Look, let's be real here. No one wants to have anybody, any child, to be part of a, of a world of darkness and and that type of light where they jump from man to man for money. No man wants the daughter to end up like that. They don't. And it's sad. Really it is. And a lot of these women have gone through humongous abuse and all the rest of those things. And people have to have the will in order to get over a lot of it and to try and have lives that are successful. But the same state who are supposed to provide the wealth supposed to provide in emergencies the necessary tools for one to get a hand up and get out of that situation isn't helping is trying to as actively correct uh, correctly uh, as surmised by a lot of conservatives are enticing women to not start stable families and that's and, and and things of that nature of having many fathers for many children with different fathers and none of those fathers are even to able to convince the woman to be married and to start a family and a lot of the other things as well that a lot of family formation has been delayed because of the um Uh, school fees and school loans I think people need to realize that a lot of the things you see now especially with the whole concept of the sex work and accepting of sex work is the lead-in for the state to legalize prostitution and for the state to be a part of the prostitution process. When a state does that, it is a slave state and a slavery state is a pro-slave state because it is the buying and, and, and then the consent forms and all the rest of the thing, these things. Add this all up together and the state is a state of slavery because let me give you this. I want you to think beyond what your preconceived notions are. Say you have a, uh, a slip. And the slip is this. Slip is a consent form. That consent form can be sold to somebody else, to another man, and you are buying and selling a person. Has nobody thought about that? Y'all not thinking. Somebody gives a consent form, he has to read it. 
he could say no. I give this consent form to somebody else for a certain amount of money. But that's not the person there. I don't want this consent form. Instead, I will give this consent form to somebody else. Or the woman could use their and send their consent form to somewhere else. Another thing that could also happen is that the state notarizes that consent form. If it's notarized, the state has... <coughs> You have to pay the state a certain amount of money in order to. Have sex with that woman. The state has become the prostitute. Has become the pimp. When the state becomes the pimp. The state becomes the slave owner. Because that person could then sell it. That notary and then it did to another person. You didn't know they could find ways around. You didn't know that sex traffickers can find a way around all this bullshit. You didn't know that. Think like your enemies. And then you will defeat your enemies. You don't see what's going on? Disgusting acts and behaviors that is going to happen if they accept even one second of prostitution in this country. All of these things they say is going to free women are going to enslave them back. Because that's ultimately my friends those that are listening today who disagree or agree or what the hell have you that is not how sexual discovery and sexual exploration is all it is all the sexual revolution is and was was a way of political control was a form of political and social control by Madison Avenue and certain elements of the Democrat Party. Unfortunately, I have to say this, and their lobbies using the fetishes of pornography in order to give a certain amount of freedom or how is it an aspect of a lifestyle to insecure women in order for them to support certain ideas and certain ideologies that ultimately de are detrimental to society at large. I cannot make it any simpler than that. When the state now becomes prostitute, I mean, the state becomes pimp. Every single girl that is born in that state can be made into a prostitute. And that is a very scary thought. A similar thing happened in this particular anime 
but it was not coded the way you think it was coded as. The state has a birth problem. So then they decide in that particular instances to create a system where you are chosen a wife. The man is chosen a wife and the wife is given a certain amount of money in order for them in order for that particular in order for that particular girl to be married and have children and all the rest of it. It is scary to see. Very scary. The show was not that bad, but it was something to think about. A lot of people are not understanding what all of this is. This is the ultimate fate of a nation that has lost all respect for masculinity. And has treated masculinity as a tool to get anywhere they want or to step over men wherever they want at any time that they want. And now you're seeing the results of this play out, not only in the inner cities, but in every other place and what type of consequences those effects of disrespecting men for no reason or disrespecting men for not be a for not making the right changes that will help them and not help those men get over a lot of the problems that has come to fore the state are going to use these concepts in order to perpetuate itself because the state has nowhere else to go but to perpetuate itself the state will try everything to keep themselves alive. Same thing with the same thing with the European same thing with um uh, uh the uh, uh, Roman Empire. It did everything to perpetuate itself. If it had that split to perpetuate itself, it did. If it had to, in order to gain taxes, it had to tax um single people. It did. Both ends. If it had to solve the insult problem by creating a prostitution ring, if the state did all this. Are you stunned that Catholicism came from that era because all of this was detrimental to a man's psyche? Certain men can say, oh, it don't matter. Women are free. You just get the money and she she's yours for days, months. Do you really want that? I know y'all don't. You know that prostitution's evil. And you know that if you get into that prostitution game, you are never going to get out. You start to think that women are commodities to be bought and sold. Do you think that chore play is some sort of game that you, in order to get coochie, you have to work in order to get this, that, and the other thing? She's already a prostitute. It is too the fuck late. 
You see all of these um, women who have multiple men as partners who never got into the prostitution game. They're looking for that one guy who can overlook all of that, but it's very difficult, especially in this age. When the state becomes the pimp, this state is about to fail. And when the state is about to fail, why are you stunned that ISIS is a thing? Unfortunately, El Chapo's son can survive a gunfight and the government capitulates into giving back Joaquin Guzman back to the cartel. The cartel now realizing they are the government in Mexico. And there's nothing the Mexico government can do about it. You have the situation in Bolivia. Do you know what's going on in Indonesia? We got France, we got Met, we got uh, Germany, we got um the Dutch, we got Haiti, we got Oh, oh, Ecuador, we got uh, Chile, we got Hong Kong. I wanna, I wanna let y'all know right now. We're gonna talk about this in the future. China is a technology, it's not necessarily a state. We'll get to that in the future. Not this week, maybe next week. But the state is a pimp. Dangerous. This is all solved. This all ends. Not with the destruction of pornography or the banning of pornography. It's not going to end that way. It is going to end with the end of prostitution. All forms of prostitution, including consent forms, it has to be banned. The people have to be punished severely, possibly multiple three strike laws, jail sentences up to five years for multiple offenses. Three offenses is five years in prison, no chance of parole. Are the, is the state willing to do that? Is the state really willing to do these things, these conscious things in order to survive? To punish the state? Yeah, that means ultimately that OnlyFans, JustFans, and all these other things, if they are David Day, similar to what they did with the 3D guns. The 3D gun thing shouldn't have been done. That's another issue on for day. But the but a similar way with the 3D guns, they have to be banned. To the point where you, if you use those services, you will be tracked. Are you? Is they're not willing to do this? 
Is the state not willing to do this? If they're not willing to do this, we ain't going nowhere. We done. Your daughter's gonna be gonna be used as a slave. You want your daughter to have a, a, a to be married to a a, a man that you, you can trust, that understands things, that is educated, that got his ass together, that got his things together. And even if he don't got his things together, he got a way around the problems that he has and is able to get his life in order one day and that you know that he can do it. But you're going to leave it to the power of the state like you, like they're doing now in most of the African-American and Latino communities? You won't let them do that? Nah. Nah. It is a problem. Y'all going to have to solve it. I don't know how. I really don't know how. But... One of the ways of solving it is not through the end of pornography. No. What is going to solve it is that you're going to have to severely curtail prostitution in all forms. I will really even put this in real simple terms. We need broken window law, not on those that are just uh, 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 on the whole broken window law when it concerns prostitution. When it concerns prostitution, that's the broken window law. I'm willing to go there. But outside of that, uh, outside of that, I don't know how you're going to solve it. Because when the state becomes a privilege, I don't know what you're going to do. Y'all going to have to realize that y'all in bigger trouble than y'all realize. I don't have to realize this. There is something called the success quotient. A lot of conservatives have been saying about this for years. But there are studies to back this up. Once a man passes high school and succeeds... Getting at least a high school diploma or college degree. And he has a job. If he gets married, he will never be poor. He'll be working class. At worst, he will never be poor or homeless. Never. It just doesn't happen. Is it the similar thing with the millennials? They look at the millennials there. A lot of the millennials are poor. They're married. They this, that, the other thing. And all the rest of it. But. That is the problem. That is the problem. A lot of millennial people, a lot of millennial in this generation, this millennial generation, doing those things. The answer is no. And in that success quotient, they only reached, they passed the diploma, they got their college degree, 
a lot of them don't have jobs or have part-time jobs or do not have steady jobs. A lot of them are not married. They're poor, unfortunately. And that's the sad reality of the situation. So a lot of them don't meet the status quo. Uh, I mean, not the, 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 the success quotient. And the state can't have that for long. They're going to make those decisions. And a lot of the people are not going to like it. How's that going to turn around if everybody's going to be using females as prostitution elements? And they want, and in certain cases, here's the sad reality of the situation. A lot of these women are not, a, a lot of these women who are against all of these anime days today, a lot of them are attractive and have been convinced themselves that they've been abusing them and they're the cause of the abuse. A lot of them think that a lot of the things men watch, a lot of the things men see have caused a lot of the abuse. And it's not true. The unfortunate thing is ugly girls convince pretty girls to do the things that will get all girls look bad. That will make all girls look bad. And that's called envy. And isn't envy a sin? Isn't jealousy and arrogance part of those sins as well? I really believe beyond a shadow of a doubt a lot of these things could change if we just... I think the broken window rule, if it was used for prostitution mostly only, will solve a lot of the other problems as well. Because you can't negotiate desire and discussion. If someone doesn't desire you, why do you stay? Why do you stay? That's all I got to say. We'll be back with more of Beyond, Beyond This Earth right after this. All right, folks, let's end this show on an interesting note. There's two major stories that we need to talk about. First major story concerning space has to deal with a massive black hole that is in the solar system, not towards the edge, not towards the center, that is changing a lot of the concepts they had about black holes, about the um, Milky Way, and about galaxies, and about the universe as a whole, because they never expected this black hole to exist in this particular area, and they did not expect a planet to be circling around it that goes around this particular uh uh event over 70 some days it is very possible that this thing which is about 14,000 light years away from earth has already entered the event horizon and it's pretty much gone but the light from those source from that particular source is showcasing that massive black hole is right there so there could be something going else going on concerning that black hole. 
another story has to deal with what is going on on Earth. We found a puppy in Siberia that is extremely large. Absolutely well-preserved. And I mean well-preserved in the sense that, that the dude died yesterday well-preserved. And while it's not happy that a puppy died, the scientists are looking into it and to see what type of animal is it. Because it could be a new dog. A new form of a... The in-between between the bear and the dog. And it could re-engineer it, re-invigorate, uh, uh, or not re-invigorate... We start the debate about the whole thing concerning um about the about evolution that sort of thing um could be a brand new species of canine. We don't know what this thing we do. We know it's a puppy. We know it looks like a dog. Everything is well. Excuse me. Everything is well kept. Um, but we don't know any other more information other than that. Interesting enough, they found it in Siberia and the Chinese have been going up there. A lot of them are to look for mammoth tusk because they can't get ivory anymore and they cut that down. So they're going to Russia to find mammoth tusk in order for them to continue the concept of <clears throat> sexual impotence to eliminate sexual impotence if you want to put it in simple terms alright folks those are the two interesting stories concerning space and not so much of space but of earth and how we found this particular entities, as it were, in Siberia. But they're saying that it's very possible that uh, uh, one more that, that it is because of global warming or could be because of sunspots or whatnot that the Siberian, the Siberian, the Siberian area, the area in around in Siberia and near Mongolia are starting, the permafrost is starting to melt. And things that should not be existing are starting to come out. Um, there were some other interesting things about these lakes in Antarctica, which a lot of people are not really discussing, that are having these strange beings. Uh, right out of Kalufavu. And the Lovecraftian stories also coming out of those particular lakes in Antarctica. What is it about the Earth they don't want to tell us? There's something you need to think about before we go beyond this Earth. What is it that they're not telling us? It's kind of scary if you want to think about it, but somewhat in certain ways... Our own psyches are scary. That's all I got to say about the subject. 
Next week will be the last week before we take the long break until the 20th of January 2020. We're going to review the year and we're going to still do the mysteries of Earth and Space like we just did just now. We're just going to keep it focused on those two things. So, for all of us here at Beyond This Earth and Guru Gothic, this is Nova Hollaback. That's Hollaback. We will see you guys next week with the year in review and a whole lot more. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you guys next week.